I guess it's very unique and a lot of publications reached out. Seven News, we've got Pedestrian TV and the News.com. I didn't know this at the time, but apparently they're the biggest one in Australia. And then as soon as that went live, it just went crazy. Welcome to Skincare Social, your go-to for all things skincare business. Whether you're a seasoned beautypreneur or just starting out, Skincare Social will educate and inspire you to build a brand that lasts. I'm Jennifer Rudd, skincare business mentor and cosmetic regulations expert. Join me each week for fireside chats with your fellow founders and insights from industry experts. Plus, plenty of compliance tips from me, your resident compliance queen. With Skincare Social, you'll never feel alone in business again. Welcome back. We are up to episode seven of Skincare Social, and I'm loving bringing these episodes to you each week. And today I've got another inspiring founder story for you with Zach London from Phrase Skincare. Now, Phrase Skincare has only been on the market for a few months now. They launched earlier this year, but they're already making huge waves in the men's skincare space. Zach was a previous student of mine, and I'm so proud of how far they've come. So let's get straight into the interview and find out what he's got to say about their journey so far. Hi, Zach. Welcome to Skincare Social. I'm so excited to have you on here today as my very first male founder, repping the boys. You're the co-founder of Phrase Skincare. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, I'm just a battler from Dubbo with my little brother. We started working on Phrase Skincare in, in 2020. But we only launched this year, so it was um, a lot of years of like, you know, going back and forth and trying to learn the ins and outs of skincare and things like that. We still don't say we're skincare experts, there's still much to learn, but I feel like we took the, the right time to learn what we could to try and bring out a decent product. You know, like a lot of people would rush it just trying to get a quick cash grab, but we really wanted to bring something good to the market that would help blokes like us. And that's, yeah, that's basically it from Dubbo up to Gold Coast now. And yeah, plugging away. And what kind of products do you sell? We've got the cleanser, the mask, and the moisturizer. We just want them to be like, you know, three easy products you can use. The cleanser, obviously, like, wanted it to be like our, we're our own customer sort of thing. So when we're at work and what we'd use, we want that to be what we sell. So I guess we can say we're our own customer and just make things like what we'd like to use and everyone's like that, so... It's always easier when you're your own ideal customer, I think, to know what your customer wants and then to create the perfect products for them. Yeah, yeah. So we've got the cleanser, the clay mask and the moisturiser and we've, we've tried to make them as hydrating as possible because we know like blokes like myself, sometimes I'd come home and I'd just like, you know, cleanse my face and it always feel dry and things like that. So we want to make them as natural as possible, but also hydrating as well. So if, if you just want to use one, you won't be left with a dry face. But yeah, we just want to keep it as simple as possible. Because I know like a lot of female brands have like 20 SKUs, but I know if we come out with 20 SKUs with males, no one's going to use it and we're back on the shovel. So you did start out as tradies. What kind of tradies or what were you doing for a job before this? I'm actually a carpenter by trade and I've been a carpenter for 10 years and Bo was a plumber. So Bo quit plumbing at the start of the year when he broke his foot and he went into like disability support work as well as this. And I was a carpenter up until maybe two months ago, but I think like being a tradie and things like that like it's just no one thinks that you should be using skincare and we surely got some um side eyes from people we work with and even back at school when i was at school like i wasn't a tradie then but i always used moisturizer and cleansers and things like that i I remember getting looks from guys in my class going like why are you using that 
So that's basically what we want to do. We sort of want to make it normal. And I know a lot of male skincare brands say they want to break the stigma and like they're doing this and that, but we don't want to say that. We want to like do it through our actions. So there's a lot of our content online. Is this like making it fun, making it relatable and just like normalizing it in the sense and like, I think moving forward within the next year, we want to make it more educational to like why it's beneficial to them as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my husband does fly and fly out. He's yeah, working outdoors all the time and to try and get him to use skincare is really challenging. So educational stuff that you can do. I think us wives and girlfriends will appreciate that as well for our husband's sake. Yeah, for sure. A lot of the people that buy are actually mums and wives and girlfriends. So it's funny to see how it turns out, like obviously they're stealing their girlfriend's stuff and they're sick of it. You said that it was a three-year skincare brand journey and I do remember that it took a long time because you bought my course on how to start a skincare brand a little while ago, you know, I think it was a couple of years ago now, the first iteration of it. And then you came along and you had some label reviews done as well. And I remember following you on Instagram but I hadn't seen anything from you for a while and I was like, oh no, maybe they've kind of gone down that road where they've had all these ideas and then nothing's kind of ever ever come from it, which I think happens to a lot of people when they're just starting out. And then all of a sudden I see you showing up on the Daily Mail and news.com.au within such a short time after launching, which I think was really incredible. So I'd love for you to talk me through how kind of all of that stuff came about because you only launched, what was it, in March or May this year? May, yeah, which is crazy. Like, what's that, six months ago and you've already had such huge success. And I think one of the reasons for that is definitely because you have gone about things the right way, you've gone through the right steps, you've done the right training, you've spoken to the right experts in a number of different fields. And I remember still when you came to me and we had that strategy session together, I was like, oh, wow, this guy really... He is trying to do things the right way. And, and I could see that that effort really showed. And now it's really paying off. But I'd love to hear how the journey has been for you over the last three years. And then in particular, the last six months since you've launched. Yeah, well, it's just like we work full time. So we'd, we'd come home and we'd have to go from like six to 10, working on the business and things like that. And, you know, not every day was like that. Some days we thought we wouldn't even launch like we got knocked back from like a supplier or we couldn't get this or we couldn't get enough money. But over like the three years building it, like I said, we just want to do things right. And whenever we could get someone more knowledgeable in the field, we would do it. Like I reached out to you for that side of it and then got business coaches got and all that sort of thing. And then we just spent the time, once the formulations were right, we spent the time really studying our market and who we wanted to market to. Because at the start, maybe even two years before launch, we had, a, we had an Instagram page. And we're just putting up photos of like just guys with like perfect skin and earrings and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it felt very inauthentic to who we were. And then we sort of just went down the road of like trying to be ourselves. Like I think for a while there, we're trying to get away from being the tradie guy. Like we want to get out of the industry. Like we love being tradies and things like that. We just don't like the lifestyle of it. And then we're trying to get away from that. But I think once we got back to being like who we were, it's more authentic and come through more with who we were targeting and what things we're trying to help with. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I do love the content that you prepare and your brother is absolutely hilarious and all the bloopers and everything like that. Love watching all of those reels. And to me, it's so obvious that you do understand your target market so well now and you've got that great point of difference. And yeah, as you said, it really helps that you're kind of your own ideal customer as well. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess once it got to launch, we were just like, we didn't want to go too much on paid marketing. We just wanted to be more organic. So we went heavy on like a, a micro-influencer strategy. So we just like spent hours and hours just writing down like guys who we think would be cool for our brand and who we'd like want to have a beer with. And then once it got close to launch, we just reached out and said, hey, mate, like we're just like, we're about to start a brand. We'd love for you to try that thing. We never said, oh, can you post this? Can you post that? We'll pay you. We just gave it to them. And then we said, it, we said if you like it, we'd love for you to post. And then I think it just gained traction that way. And then also through organic TikToks and, and reels and things like that, you know, just being larrikins, I suppose. Like we take a lot of inspiration from the Inspired Unemployed, which we're not anything like that, but like that's... Yeah, similar vibes. Yeah. And how did those news.com.au articles and the, the Daily Mail articles came up? Because I can imagine that would have had a, a huge impact as well on sales once they came up. Yeah, yeah. So we got through, we know a girl that's helping us with all that. She's like a, I guess, a publicist. And she sort of pitches our story to publications like news.com, nine, seven, all that sort of stuff. And you're not really guaranteed to get in there. But like if they like your story and what you've written, they will pick it up. And then they just saw it. And thought it was uh, quite unique like we just thought for the last three years it's just like sort of normal but i guess it's very unique and a lot of publications reached out in the seven news we've got pedestrian tv and the news.com i didn't notice at the time but apparently they're the biggest one in australia and then as soon as that went live it just went crazy yeah it's all a bit of a momentum or snowball effect isn't it once it all starts it's very up and down and then you know it's just about riding that wave like there's times after that where things like would go up and then it'd go down and then we'd sort of be like oh is that it like does no one want to buy it and then we just sort of stuck true to it like just try to put out educational stuff funny stuff and then it sort of picked back up and then fast forward a couple of months the daily mail article happened and then sunrise reached out today show reached out and it was just crazy from that. I'd love to hear more about your session on the Today Show. How was that? I think that would be so terrifying. Such an exciting opportunity, though, to get your brand out to you know, thousands and thousands of people. How was that experience? It was very nerve-wracking. That's one of my main weaknesses, I think, like public speaking and things like that. And I know the night before we found out, Bo went to the pub and I was going to go, but I stayed home. And he's out till, say, 4 a.m. And then the next day... <laughs> We got a message from Sunrise saying, would you like to do a live TV interview? And I just like freaked out. And I went into Bo's room at like 10 a.m. said, Bo, like Sunrise reached out. Like, what do I do? And he just looked at me one eye goes, say yes, and went back to sleep. And then the next, we're going to actually do a, they're going to come to our, my mum and dad's house and do an interview with like a camera crew. So everyone was frantically cleaning up and getting ready for it. And then that night they couldn't get it there. So the next day I got a message again from Today Show and said, hey, would you be interested in a live live interview as well and Bo rung them up and said like oh well, Sunrise said this and they said well we can offer you in in studio with Carl live on TV at prime time and we're just like yeah being Carl fanboy straight to it yeah perfect opportunity isn't it <laughs> to have him involved yeah. as well oh it's so great and how did you feel on the morning I think it got better as time went on I wake out I was just like a nervous wreck I was back home and I helped my dad at work a little bit and the day of was just crazy like for the whole week, but I wasn't nervous. And that sort of made me feel a little bit better. 
So then when, when we got to the studio, I was like, oh, yeah, he's sweet. Like, he'll take charge if I, like, if I struggle a little bit. And then I remember 10 minutes before we went on, he looked at me and he just held his mouth and run to the toilet and threw up. And I was like, oh, God, we're screwed. Everyone there is so nice. So once you get in there and talk to Carl, talk to Sarah, and then it's as weird as it sounds, like, as soon as they say live, it's like the nerves just went away and you just talk for five minutes and then it's over. Look, it feels like only a minute minute later it's over it was really cool especially growing up watching carl since i was like very young yeah it was very cool and it really helped our brand brand awareness and and things like that that's amazing and how is everything going now we've got black friday coming up obviously your first black friday sales are you all prepared for that i think i'm more nervous for black friday than i am for the today show i didn't know how big it was like and i remember last year we we're trying to launch earlier and someone said oh you should try and launch for black friday I was like, oh, like, why do I need to launch Black Friday? But yeah, I've been talking to a few bigger business owners recently and they start planning their Black Fridays like 10 months out for Black Friday. So for the last month, it's just been, you know, 12 or 16 hour days trying to prepare for it. It's crazy. I know when I um, quit being a tradie, I had a few people say to me, like, what are you going to do in the day? Like, they think you just put something online and it sells. And I sort of thought, yeah, what am I going to do? But I've been working like, yeah, double what I had if I had a normal job. Yeah, it's a bit like that, particularly in the beginning, I think. And when you're trying to do most of it yourself can be really challenging, but it's really exciting to see yeah, what you've got coming up in store for Black Friday. And have you got some new products coming out as well? Yeah, we've got some in the pipeline, but we've actually just recently launched a shower beers holder and a like a, a face buffer. Like they're silicon products. They're just like something cool that can like help with your skincare routine. We're working on two products and helps a lot with trays in the sun and aging and things like that and yeah it's just about developing you know like it took us three years to develop three products and then we're hoping to do this in about one a little bit of a sneak peek there about your future products that's very exciting and i remember reading in one article that you you know obviously spent three years and you also invested over a hundred thousand dollars of your own money yours and your brother's own money to start the brand and you made back around $100,000 in revenue and $75,000 in profit within three months. That is crazy, isn't it? And I just want that to be a lesson, I suppose, to a lot of people, a lot of brand owners that are out there listening. Not that you you know, all have to spend over $100,000, but it does show that the money that you invest, you do get back, which I think a lot of people are scared about. Like you must have been pretty scared about investing that amount over those three years. Oh, it definitely was. And I still am. Like, I guess it's a healthy fear. It just makes you work harder. I remember I had a house in Dubbo and I sold it and I put all the money I made from that into the business. So I guess when you're passionate about things, obviously business is about money, money and stuff like that. But for us, that's just like a byproduct of success. We just really want to build something big, something that helps people and like just like build a community of like cool people. But yeah, no, it, it definitely was a fear and it just drives you to work harder. Yeah, exactly. And I do love your trademark saying, certified by the boys. I think that's I think that's really cool. Yeah, I have to shout out Bo to that. I didn't like it. I have to give a shout out to Bo and his mate, Matt Riley. They come up with it one night. I think they might have been on the beers, but they come to me the next day and told me, I was like, oh, it sounds kind of tacky, like certified by the boys. And then I just like, I just went with it. And then since everyone loves it, so it's cool. Yeah, your brother was right, wasn't he? I do want to ask about that as well. And be honest, I want to know what's it like working with your brother? Has it been all smooth sailing or a few disagreements along the way? How's it all gone? A lot of people ask this question and they think like, they got like this misconceived idea of, not that it's bad, of like, you can't work with friends or family, but we've grown up together and lived together sort of 
90 percent of our lives so i think like if i wanted to start a business with someone it would be like a friend or a brother because if you can't trust them you can't really trust anyone and then also we have like the same work ethic in a sense like if i was like starting a business with someone else i couldn't do what i'm doing now like we live together now and we might be working downstairs till 10 p.m 11 p.m and it just works really well at the moment so there's no fights really it works well because we both know our own our own point so if, if i'm angry he'll just go to his room if he's angry i'll just go somewhere so it, it actually is a very great dynamic and we're both very different like i'm more like numbers and stuff like that and he's like the creative side of it yeah that's awesome so you complement each other really well with your skill sets by the sound of it he's a bit younger so he understands it he's cool with the tiktok and all that kind of stuff i don't even have a login to tiktok he's banned me <laughs> doesn't trust you on there no i uploaded one video and he deleted it. he goes that's just terrible leave all that creative stuff to him yeah and how do you both feel going from a real male dominated industry now to a more female dominated industry yeah it hasn't been bad at all like it's still very male female split like especially we only work with each other now and we do work with females as well more through zoom and things like that yeah honestly it does it's not that much different like on site it's a lot different because you've got the tradies and the banter and things like that so it's basically just going from you know your day job to your side hustle now you can just banter with them online versus on the job site it is good i do miss the tradie life a little bit but i just don't think my body could hold up forever yeah definitely so it's only been a a few months since you've gone full-time in your business yeah a couple months which has been good i think that it's so funny when you say that because bo was trying to get me to quit for a while and uh, because he was doing a lot of the work in the day and then work in the afternoon he goes, oh, when, when you quit, like, well, we better grow up quicker. I was like, yeah, righto. And then we went down to Dubbo, so I quit that before. And then the next week after that, the Daily Mail went live, Today Show, and it just went like that as soon as I quit. So it's, it's crazy how, how things work when you put, put a bit more time into it. So at the moment, you're doing everything from home. I can see the boxes in the background there. Have you got any plans to move to a warehouse or 3PL? We definitely do. We want to move to a warehouse early next year. We have a couple of business mates that we sort of want to get around and get into that. And then it's just about figuring it out, you know, like whether we go 3PL or just go to a warehouse and pick and pack. But at the moment, like depending on how busy you are, like the pick and pack can take up 80% of your time. And then that's time taken away from, you know, marketing and trying to make your products better and make content for emails and educational things and things like that. So I think early next year, we'll um, definitely get a warehouse and hopefully just keep growing. Yeah, I do love watching all of us behind the scenes, though, of you packing orders and everything like that, though. So it does make for good content, but definitely yeah, for scaling up and everything, that'll be a great move. Yeah, it's hard to keep coming up with content. That's what your brother's for, right? Yeah, I know. I know. We didn't post for two weeks. It's crazy with Black Friday. We didn't post for two weeks. and People probably thought we gave up, but we're working twice as hard as we were. I need to get some of those micro-influencers and ambassadors back on board to get all that user-generated content for you. Yeah, I know, I know. Add it to the list of things to do. There's so many things. <laughs> it's never ending. Yeah. And what have you found has been your most popular product out of the few that you've launched so far? The best seller has been the cop the lot. I think people are curious to try the lot, like even guys with clay masks. We, we kind of didn't think they would go for it, but that would be the most popular. And then the returning customer rate is heavily around the cleanser and moisturizer. I think especially the cleanser, a lot of people just love it, I think. With the tradies, they, they realise how good they feel after they clean their face. Well, that was a big thing for me, especially when I would stop using it. Like, I'd just be really insecure. So I guess it's just a good thing to get into your routine. I think people will realise that. Yeah, coming home from work with your dirty, dusty face and getting rid of all of that, definitely. Yeah, and it, it solves a lot of issues, you know, yourself. Like if you're, 
you don't clean your face and just let the dirt sit on there, then you get a, a range of whole other problems. So, yeah, it's very beneficial if you just stick to a good, easy skincare routine. Exactly. Is there anything else that you've got in store apart from any new product sales? Anything else on the horizon that's worth mentioning apart from Black Friday, Christmas stuff coming up? Yeah, just the two new products we want to release next year. And then, yeah, so that'll probably be a couple of months away. Yeah, that's a lot of work to go into that. And then um, I would love to get back on today's show, give it round two. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Could be in the works. One more question I want to ask you, and it's something I ask everyone, is what's your favorite skincare product? And you can feel free to use it as a shameless plug for your own products. Yeah, I honestly think it's a lazy man mask. Weird as that sounds, like it's probably not the one I use the most because even, even me sometimes get a little bit lazy. But whenever I use it, I feel like I get the most benefits from it and I feel like I look the best. So it's definitely that. It's a hidden gem there if anyone wants to try that. Yeah, excellent. Well, I will definitely drop the link in the show notes for anyone that's interested, whether it's the guys themselves that are listening or their wives or girlfriends or mums. And it's been so great to have you. Actually, I've got one more question. I would also just love, I guess, given that it did take you, you, know, you took the time to launch to do things right and probably, as you said, felt like giving up a few times. What would be your number one piece of advice to those new skincare brand owners out there who might not have launched and might be feeling like giving up? Have you got any motivating final words for them? Yeah, honestly, I think just be persistent and don't expect the world straight away. Like when we launched, we I don't know what we thought, but we thought we were going to make a million bucks overnight and we were a little bit disheartened. But if you just keep persistent, and it's all about, you know, compound, just compound. So just keep persistent and don't give up. Yep. Great advice. And, you know, $100,000 in three months is pretty good. Even if it wasn't a million dollars, still something to be super proud of. And I think you guys have done such an amazing job. And I love the purpose behind your brand as well. And it's been really great to have you on the podcast, sharing a male's perspective of the beauty industry. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Zach and it's given you some inspiration, particularly if you're in the early stages of your skincare brand journey. As I mentioned in the interview, one of the things I think they did really well was making sure they took all the right steps to set the foundations for success, like doing the courses, seeing the coaches, seeing the experts, and they weren't afraid to invest the money to ensure they had all the right things in place before they launched. And this is something I teach in my Label Launchpad program. It's a nine module program that runs over 12 weeks where you'll learn all the basic building blocks of setting up a skincare business for success. We cover everything from what types of insurances you need, branding, market research, competitor research, how to have a compliant label, what you need to put on your website, sales channels for your business, the main marketing channels to consider, it's a step-by-step -step framework to help you build and launch a successful brand because one of the things I'm really passionate about is helping people to bring their passion to life. So students come to me, they've got an idea and they really want to turn it into a reality. And these people, they might have corporate jobs on the side, they might be new mums or they might have other responsibilities. They don't have the time to research all of this information for themselves, try and muddle their way along. They just want to have the right information from someone who's been there and done that to take that stress and overwhelm out of it. And Zach and Bo are the perfect example of students who've taken what they've learned, not just from me, but from other experts as well, and put that into their brand, which is really taking off after only a few months of being launched. 
I'll drop a link in the show notes if you're interested in learning more about Label Launchpad, but I've also got a free skincare business starter guide, which is a great first step to take. So I'll put the link where you can download that in the show notes as well. In next week's episode, I've got Alex from Haven Design Studio coming in to talk about all things branding and brand strategy. Alex is a super talented designer, and I also love her strategic and holistic approach to branding. There's going to be so many nuggets of gold in this discussion, so make sure you subscribe to be notified as soon as the episode drops, and I'll talk to you then. Bye for now.